In the name of one God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Good evening. Have to let you know that whenever my wife thinks that in my extracurricular activities that I've been doing too many macho things, uh, i.e., watching football, going fishing, and just kind of being too much of a manly man. She likes to bring in some balance to the picture and bring a different perspective. One of the ways that she has done this for me, and it's a show that we watch together and love, is by introducing me to the television program Downton Abbey. Are are any of you familiar with Downton Abbey? Uh, If you don't know about it, it's a British soap opera about an abbey in the town of Downton. And this abbey is a huge house that is almost like a castle. And the show revolves around the people that actually live within the abbey. Both the lords and the ladies who live on all the upper floors of the abbey as well as the servants who all live downstairs in the servants' quarters. And one thing I thought that was fascinating and and that drew me in to a show I did not think I would like was to watch just how those two groups, the lords and the ladies and the servants within, within the abbey, just how they navigated life together in that big house that they all lived in together. There are very distinct class uh, distinctions and roles within the abbeys. Uh, the lords and the ladies live upstairs, and they are served by the servant class who lives downstairs, but it is very irregular. It happens sometimes, but it is very irregular that the lords and ladies would have to come downstairs and mix with the servant class. And then it is also very rare that the servants would come upstairs Anytime they were upstairs, they were normally serving, doing their jobs and their roles. And when that was over, they would go back downstairs. What you didn't see a lot of was co-mingling when it, was, was it, when it wasn't in that you serve me and we are the lords and ladies way. But what you'll notice is that they never really break rank. They never really, unless the lords and ladies were upset and and mad about something, that's when they would go downstairs in a role of authority. And then it was very rare that the servant class would come up and mix with them. In fact, if we really consider the weight of that time and place in England, it would have actually been laughable. And an embarrassment if it was a regular thing that the lords and ladies would mix with the servant class. And I thought as we considered Downton Abbey that it would put us in a mindset of considering that we have a lord that actually came downstairs and did the, came downstairs in a way that changed everything. In an ultimate act of humility, stepping out of the highest of high in the glorious position and stepping down into flesh that at the end of this evening and into Good Friday tomorrow will die on a cross. This is a Lord who steps down into the lowliest of lows. Here, as we heard Father Joe read in the context of the gospel, we are at the last 
Supper. When you hear that phrase, the Last Supper, you probably think in your head, Da Vinci's favorite painting. But I want us to consider as they are gathering together for the meal to remember what was read in our Exodus reading. As they gathered together, Jesus would do something different. Something the disciples never expected him to do. Something that we heard Jesus tell Peter, you won't understand right here in the moment what this is going to actually mean. But in a few days, you will when the tomb is empty. And we know Jesus has his, he knows what is coming in just an hour's time, a couple hours time as he will go out into the garden to pray and then he will be betrayed and handed over for his trial. He knows that is coming, the text tells us. And this is his last instruction, his last mandate to his disciples in this intimate gathering before he goes off to his death. That's where we get Monday, Thursday. It means Jesus' last mandate to his disciples. And that's when Jesus gets down. He gets down on his hands and knees and gets a basin and a towel, and he wants to wash Peter's feet. And Peter is thinking, whoa, Jesus, you are actually breaking rank here. This isn't the way that things are supposed to be. You're the Lord, and we are your disciples. You are the, or we are the one that are supposed to wash your feet. You should not be doing this for us. And we have to understand and really get in touch with, as I talk about the servant class in Downton Abbey, every Jewish household at one of these meals that they would gather together for, they would also have a servant class. And most people, if you would traverse on the roads in that time and age, the the main thoroughfares were livestock. And you wore sandals probably all of the time unless you were going barefoot. And not only would you get the dirt and the mud and everything that would naturally get on there, you, you would be going through the excrement from the animals that were going on their feet were filthy. And the way in a Jewish household that you would gather at a meal, there would be a round table and no chairs. So you would actually be laying on your side, kind of propped up, and then your head would be at one end. And in the circle, that means somebody's feet would be right there in your face. And the servant class, the lowest on the totem pole of the servant class, it would be their job to have a water basin and a towel to wash the feet of the guests that would arrive. And it was a job that anybody in the servant class didn't want, and, but they, they would do it as it was expected of them. Just picture, get yourself in context with that, the having to wash that off the filthy, muddy, cowpied-covered feet of the people who would gather together. And this is what Jesus does. How he humbles himself there in that act, in the posture of washing feet. And this is to, as he reaches down to do this and assumes that posture, Peter and the other disciples begin to get a little uncomfortable. And Peter is the one who finally steps up and says, Jesus, you're not supposed to do this. We are supposed to wash your feet, not you washing ours. 
But no, Jesus, you of all people are not going to do this. Now, what is actually going on here with this act of Jesus in washing the feet? What type of Lord actually serves his servants in an act of lowly and humble service? Well, the answer is our true servant king, Jesus. That is who is doing this. Jesus is a Lord. He is the Lord who serves his followers then, and he serves us even to this day. And before we can even think about serving him, he comes to us, meets us where we are, and he washes us, and he begins to cleanse us. Just picture this dialogue that he was having with Peter in our gospel reading in John. What? Jesus, Peter would say, you aren't going to wash my feet. Get up. And Jesus would reply, you don't actually realize now. In this act, what I am doing, but come my death and come Sunday, when the tomb is empty, you will understand. And Peter would answer back, you will never Wash my feet. And these are some of the most profound words that Jesus replies with. Unless I wash you, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Did you hear that? Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. This is like if you have a boss that comes to you at work and says, why don't you go on a vacation for three more weeks on top of that great vacation you just had and come back and let me give you a raise? This is what Jesus is actually stepping into this evening. We know if a company today fiscally operated that way, they would fold. But this is how Jesus operates. Jesus is saying to Peter within their dialogue and to all of us, Jesus says, under my kingship, I serve you. I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. And I must give myself for you before, I must give myself as service for you before you ever consider serving me. You see, my friends, this is the very heart of our Savior, of our Christ revealed. The purpose of why he had to came why he had to come, and the very crux of Holy Week that we remember and celebrate tonight, tomorrow at Good Friday, and on Sunday morning. In our relationship with the Lord, it is not like a job interview. It's not like God picking and choosing who he wants to let into the house. I'll take that one. I'll take that one. But no, that one can have no place. You see, Jesus finds, he comes down the stairs and he finds us in our sin, covered in muck and shame. And he walks down the stairs. He breaks rank. He gets down on his hands and knees and he begins to wash. Through his death and through his resurrection, we are declared righteous. He comes down to us and meets us right where we are. And it's never about us having to prove ourselves as much as we think that it would be. It's not about our performance, or it's not about making it or, or earning our way into his kingdom to try to prove that we have some type of worth. 
Holy Week is about Jesus coming. His washing their feet is about him making them worthy and making us worthy, telling us, I love you. I came to die for you, and that is what makes you worthy. In his service to us, that is where our worth as followers of his comes from. It's not about what we can do for him. It is about what he has done for us. And see, we get our hands around that. We get our minds around that, and we say, well, If he actually did come to die for us, well, I have this laundry things of things that Jesus should or ought to do in this relationship that we have together. I've got some ideas of what my relationship with God should look like. As we see in the conversation with Peter, as it goes on, he says, well, then, Lord, if you are, if you do, have to wash my feet, why not my hands and my head as well? Jesus basically says to Peter, Peter, stop. You have been cleansed. This is not about you over and over needing to be cleansed again and again and again. All we need to do tonight is for you to wash your feet. The word that Jesus speaks to Peter is the same word that he speaks to us tonight and to the other disciples that were gathered on this Monday, Thursday. Through the actual act of the washing of feet and then what we celebrate on Good Friday and remember, and because of the empty tomb, you are all clean. You are all clean. No longer needing to go when you sin, being washed again and again and again. He uttered the words, it is finished. And because of it, you are clean and you are free. Peter's reply is, well, if it, if it takes this to follow you, I'm going to be the best disciple the best Peter that I can be. And and Jesus tells him, you don't need to take a cleansing bath tonight. That has been done for you. I'm the Lord of Lords who came down the stairs to serve you, to die for you that you may be clean, that you may be free. You see, if we did things Peter's way, or in our own power, we would never be able to experience the salvation that the cross of Christ brought to us all. Remember that conversation, another one, that Peter had with Jesus on the day. Jesus said to the disciples, I'm going into Jerusalem. I'm going to go to the cross, and I will die on that cross. I will suffer, but I am going to rise. And in a different conversation, Peter says, No, Lord, that should never happen to you. And Jesus responds to Peter, get behind me, Satan, for you are keeping me from my actual purpose, from me stepping into my destiny. If we were going to do things our way or Peter's way, we may do it in the kingdom of God or in the house of God according to our own power and to our own might. Things would go our way and we might look to take if someone got in our way to crush them or to take advantage of them as sometimes the sinful heart can lead us to do. If I found myself in that situation, I might lord myself over other people, take advantage of them, and I might look out for myself 
more than what the mandate of loving our neighbors of what we're called to tonight. But Jesus won't have that in his kingdom. That's not the way things work in the household of God. Instead, he comes, he washes the filth off of us, and in response, calls us to do the same for others. We are called to show them that same love, the very love of the gospel, the redeeming, sacrificial love of Christ. This is what we prepare ourselves for tonight. Tomorrow at Good Friday is for Jesus' passion and his mighty resurrection. Jesus came to wash the filth off of all of us as sinners. Jesus came to serve so that we may be made righteous sons and daughters of the everlasting servant king. And this love that is given is also the love that is shared. Today, tonight, through his word and sacrament and his body and blood, we are united as a community and reminded of what actually happened with Jesus and the gathered disciples that evening, the evening of the Last Supper. Christ is reminding us of how he served and continues to serve us, and in response, how we should serve and love one another. In the Abbey, in the household of God, we have a Lord that comes downstairs, down to us to serve us in grace and humility, and calls us to do the same, for one another. Because of him, because of his serving us, we have a seat at his table. We are a part of the household of God, part of the kingdom, part of his family. One of the greatest stories from Downton Abbey that, at, that my wife and I love to talk about, which serves as a final illustration for what Jesus has done for us all, is between Sybil. Sybil is one of the daughters of the lords and the ladies who actually falls in love with one of the drivers, an Irishman named Tom. And they have a little time together where they have their romance. They run off to Ireland together, and in that time, Sybil gets pregnant. And because of that, Tom and Sybil end up getting married, and because of that marriage, Tom is no longer part of the servant class. He has brought to the table of the lords and ladies in the household there. And of course, tragedy strikes. Sybil is killed, and the lords and ladies, that family, is left to ask, what do we do with Tom? He is bringing up the child of our lost Sybil. What are we to do? Because of that love and that marriage and Sybil's death, Tom has been granted a seat at the table of the lords and ladies. He starts making decisions for the community uh, in Downton and starts getting involved with everything there in the region in a way that he has never done before. And suddenly now he's in a new way, all while being served and cared for and loved by the family. Because Sybil died, he, Tom, now has a seat at the table. This is exactly how we end tonight and we look to Good Friday tomorrow. It's what Christ has done for us. He comes down and he loves us and serves us. We, 
as sinners that are on the outside, the dirty, the filthy ones. He comes up to us and he loves us and takes us into himself and and gives us a seat at the table when he dies for us. Because of his death, we experience his lavished grace upon us all. And because he rises, he promises to continue to come to us and he unites us. Hear it tonight. We are part of the household. We are part of the family of God. This is what it means to have Christ as our Lord and Savior. And this is what we remember and celebrate tonight. The Lord who serves and teaches us to serve and calls us to love him and to love one another. As this weekend continues to unfold Let us never forget or take for granted the Lord who came downstairs and brought us all upstairs and makes us heirs, makes us all lords and ladies of the kingdom of God. As we end tonight and step into Good Friday, may God meet you. May his grace find you and may his love continually redeem you as he continues to serve you. Amen.